You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the city of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Hey guys, uh, Ben and I are doing the show today with no Govier, which is going to be crazy. Uh, but we're here to talk prospects and go over the questions with you. So I'm pleased with myself for getting the intro in. I'm, I'm looking now. There's another. There's a master and commander one too, and I wonder if we should just play. Let's just play this. One. Right, lads. Now I know there's not a faint heart among you, and I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. <laughs> and we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. Surprise <laughs> <laughs> is oh. on our side. See? Ta-da! <laughs> A little Russell Crowe for the Discord for the Discord crew. <laughs> okay, so enough Russell Crowe. Uh, ben and I are going to go through some recent prospect call-ups, uh, including the players you guys have mentioned in the Discord. And we're going to talk about what we think they could do for you the rest of the year, hopefully, in fantasy. 
and also maybe talk down the road dynasty wise kind of what we expect from them and another thing i was thinking ben maybe is we can talk about how teams now can earn a draft pick by getting a prospect into the rookie of the year voting so a lot of these guys should be rookie of the year eligible next season that are getting called up now and i'm wondering kind of what your take is on you know who you who you would pick from a very there's a really talented group coming up now Uh, what kind of guys you think maybe will be front runners for rookie a year next year or what kind of guys maybe are dark horse guys that are coming up that type of thing so um that's the plan Mm -hmm. as as much as there is one (laughs) uh all right so let's just kick right into it uh the first guy that comes to my mind is corbin carroll you want to go over corbin corbin i mean what I will say, and, and and I know that this is going to upset some folks who are big Corbin Carroll lovers, and, and trust me, I love the guy. I hate Arizona's final two resting spots for hitters and for pitchers, frankly. No. Amarillo and Reno are terrible spots to evaluate pitchers and hitters. As you've seen with Tommy Henry coming up this year with like an eight ERA in the minors, yeah. and he's pitching well in the majors. Maybe not great, but well. Yep. And then you've got Corbin Carroll who has ripped apart double A AA and triple A and looks like a 30-30 guy. And I will tell you folks, the 30 steals could be legit. If you're banking on Corbin Carroll giving you 30 home runs anywhere in the next couple of years, I have some Oceanside property here in the Dakotas to sell you. Um, I, I mean, go, unless the 2019 rabbit ball comes back into play, that's not his game. He's got some legit, some legit natural power, but in against major league pitching, and he's been exposed a little bit with this in the minors, he's going to be more of a gap to gap doubles power type of guy. And that's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. With his speed, that's what he should do. And I'm guessing the Diamondbacks are going to want to put him in the you know top of the lineup, get the most out of him that they can. That's going to be a great spot for him to hit 10 to 20 home runs. Maybe 20 is a really high watermark for him next year. But it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him put up 30 stolen bases. And you might oh, see... Yeah. 30, 30 doubles, you know, and the great part about that, he's coming into a lineup that has some pretty established guys. Cattell Marte, you've got Dalton Varsho, you've got, you know, some of these guys that have been around a little bit now, and there's getting some establishment in that lineup that he should have some run scoring ability. You know, there should be a guy at the top of that lineup should give you some runs in fantasy that should have some definite value. And uh, so I yeah, would definitely. Uh, one thing when you're looking at Carroll, at what you mentioned, and you're looking at the power numbers in the minors, you got to adjust for the park. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to realize that some of what looks like uh, power numbers for him are singles he's stretching into doubles or inside the park home runs, which he's hit this year. Um, so outside of the stuff, like if you watch the video, you'll see the ball really carrying in Reno. Um, he's also going to look like he's slugging more 
uh, then the actual raw power is there because mm-hmm. he's heads up and he's full tilt all the time out of the box. Yep. Now, I will definitely. Which we already saw. Yep. Yep. And that's so. That's my biggest thing with him. I think he's going to be a very good defender. Um, probably best suited for a corner, um, corner outfield. You know, and you know if you want to put the the comparison on it, you could call it kind of a Carl Crawford light sort of profile. I don't think he'll Lord. ever give you fifty steals, but a thirty steal. 15 home run guy. I could see that. Absolutely. Potential potential batting champion. That's one thing I thought possibly. You know, I do think I think he might have a better <laughs> yeah, Corbin Carroll. <laughs> I don't know Corbin Carroll. I like that. I I do like I do like him as a a good high average sort of guy and especially as he adjusts to the league. You know, that's one thing. Watch your I will say he has had some pretty heavy downturns as pitchers adjusted to him and he's not sat in leagues very long so no not at all watch your league come may next year when he hits that first slump um in dynasty league yeah i mean well in dynasty leagues if you were shopping for if you were smart let's say two months after austin riley debuted you got Austin Riley for pennies on the dollar because that kid just beat the crud out of the ball for two months and then couldn't hit anything. I mean, he couldn't hit water jumping out of a boat. I mean, that's just, you know, it was a bad situation for a little bit. So if you see Carroll going through that, there's your time to Jump pretty much strike for a for a trade, especially yep. in a dynasty, because he's he's very good at adapting. He's just not really had that chance yet. So sure. And the bigs are the that's the toughest level to adapt to, right? Yep. What you've said a hundred times on the show. Yep. So okay. Well, so that's what we think on Corbin Carroll. What do you think of his chances of being your NL rookie of the year next year? I guess right now, not knowing who else could potentially be there, he's he's definitely got the skills, the opportunity to put up big numbers for it. But if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, if the Braves would have three guys who might have be eligible for that, absolutely not. And right. You know, here, yeah, those three guys have emerged over the course of the season. So a lot of things happen as far as that race goes. Um, so never know. Um, could be, could be someone we're not even thinking of that pops up from a ball this year and suddenly is a factor as the season goes on. So, yeah. The th- but, one yeah. thing I worry about with him is maybe uh, injuries just in the sense of the Luis Robert issues that the White Sox fans have mm-hmm. seen of him not knowing, I don't want to say not knowing when not to play too hard, but figuring out how to avoid the wall and figuring out how to slide smartly when you're also trying to take an extra base. The Acuna, um, so can, Harper, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. kind of a lot of those guys. They have that – they want to go 100 miles an hour all the time, and you got to figure out when to dial that back. I think Acuna has done well doing that to some degree moving to right field. 
you know, that's been a big thing for him versus being in center, you know, can't help. Yep. You can avoid the bust wall. In your more. knee and the wall, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and legit, that was a, a play that he wasn't going crazy on. He just happened to catch his knee at a goofy angle. Can't do anything yeah. about that, but that's, you know, and now he's coming back from that. He's been very smart. He and the team have been smart about how they handled it. If Carroll can be smart like that, but it, Boy, I hope I hope he doesn't. I hope he does. Or I hope he doesn't have to have an injury to figure it out. But yeah, yep. Well, he's already had the one swinging yeah. the bat so hard he separated his shoulder. So yep. Uh, so we're getting some comments here, Ben, and everybody wants to know where where's Govier. Jamie wants to know where's Govier. Uh, Mason wants us to know he's here. So what's up, Mason? Uh, but more importantly. He wants to know what did we do with with Michael Govier? Did we send him to Triple A? Uh, no, Govier's got uh, some real life moves he's making, um, so he's busy accomplishing stuff, doing that tonight. Uh, so Ben and I are here, well, this afternoon, this evening, or tonight here on this side of the Atlantic. So Ben and I are here holding it down this one time, but I do say I'm already missing Govier hosting because the show is so much better with a host. <laughs> Uh, and, okay, so yeah. folks don't understand how tough it is to host a podcast. It's no, no, no. I keep the, so much keep easier to be the, the guest, <laughs> even on the, rails. And the analyst, and the yeah. All right, so Chad's got an interesting question here. Would you aggressively acquire players ranked in the one hundred one to two hundred range, on the expectation that this mass exodus, meaning all the call ups we've had in the last couple of days or last few weeks, really since August 1st, I guess is going to lead to a huge overhaul, of the top 100 next year and skyrocket the value of those players in the one one to 200 range. Well, see, none of these guys that have been called up here in the last week or so will lose their prospect eligibility. They're all still going to be prospects. So we don't need to worry about a Gunnar Henderson, a Corbin Carroll, Cade Cavalli, trying to think anyone that's like a big top 100 guy. Um, those are really kind of the biggest top 100 sort of guys. I mean, yeah, I think we're eventually going to potentially from, uh, get to like Todd Bradley. He's another one who's pretty high up in some top 100 lists. Those guys that might get called. Those guys, you know, Hunter Browns uh, was recently called up. He's also a top 100 sort of guy. Those guys, they're still going to be eligible or for list this winter. Uh, and in fact, a they few of the guys that have been either. called up here in the last few weeks that we probably aren't going to talk about that might have three, four weeks under their belt probably aren't going to quite get to service dates either. So it all depends yep. on how much time they end up getting. But that is something to think about. I wouldn't really try to try to aggressively acquire anyone right this minute just because one of the things to think about, we saw it this year with the incentives that you've that these teams now have, they're willing to throw a guy into the mix. Yep. Go look at the if, if you can camp and... Google it, go find the preseason top 100 list. Yeah. See how many guys have graduated from the top 100 list preseason this year to the current, to the ones when they release the first one of the offseason. Check how much is different. It is incredibly different um, how how much or incredible how much has changed and how many of these guys are no longer eligible that were, I mean, 
there's maybe one or two top 10 guys that are still going to be eligible next year. If you go into the top yeah. 25, there may be five, 10, you know, that's a huge overhaul of the top of the land, you know? And so, yeah. Saw a lot of young players this year, which has been good. It's been exciting. Yeah. So, all right. So one thing I will say, I'm looking, so there's a Sam Dykstra. I saw a tweet from him earlier today. Sam writes for uh, MLB pipeline. Mm-hmm. He's a real good Twitter follow. Um, and he's, he's talking about players who've been called up since August 1st with, but he has their uh, MLB pipeline ranking. So Vaughn Grissom, 79 overall prospect at the time he was called up. I will say for Chad's tip, I do kind of like that idea of looking in the 100 to 200 range, like the just missed the top 100 list. Sometimes different outlets will have those kind of guys and think about trying to acquire them before they get into the top 100. Like Vaughn Grissom, who's a guy, if you're following Ben, you maybe would have had a chance to get him before he got to the top 100. Uh, he was the guy I had on my radar going into like startup dynasty drafts last offseason because I felt like he was probably a little underranked. Eh, it turns out he probably was. So uh, that that would be the one thing of, of that 101 to 200 range. Those types of players who maybe are in the 101 to 200 range, but could have the upside of a top prospect is somebody maybe you want to watch, watch out for. So uh, Okay, so Jamie's got a question here for us. Here's one. Here's a question. What do you guys think of O'Neill Cruz since he's been hot and cold here lately? Do you guys think he'll be a sleeper for next year? Good question from Jamie. I really think he, and, you know, there's no doubt he's got – your highest velocity throw you've ever seen across the infield that's ever been registered. You just yeah, saw that the other day wild. the uh, stack, you know, highest or highest exit velocity batted ball in stat cast history was for a single, yeah. which was ridiculous. But <laughs> holy, I was watching that game live. I thought he destroyed the baseball. I mean, when when Acuna turned around to throw it, I was expecting, like, the natural scene where the ball is all, like, mangled and, you know, I was expecting that. And, no, you know. Yeah, it was, a, sing- it was a single because it rebounded off the wall so hard that. So fast, Acuna almost too. caught him. He almost caught him watching it. Uh, yeah. Trotting to first. I can't blame O'Neal for watching that one either, by the way. He well, absolutely smashed Well, and it just missed, too. I mean, it was yeah, yes. It was. I mean, just a hair below the top of the wall. He caught where, it too. He caught it like too well, basically. Thankfully, it did hit the wall because it may have killed someone in the first few <laughs> rows if it would have cleared the wall. Um, but he, what I will say, if you are, if you've ever had the, the uh, pleasure of owning, you know, we mentioned him before. Text or you and I were just talking about uh, the Dodgers before the show. Texas Joey Gallo. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. That that could be your O'Neill Cruz experience um, yeah. offensively. And that leads to some hot and cold. I mean, yeah. And that's part of the show. I mean, he's going to have some weeks where he just – he strikes out. He, he comes to the plate 30 times, and he strikes out 20 of them. And you're just shaking your head, kills your head-to-head league. But there's going to be other weeks where he hits seven home runs. So yep. it's that's the player you got and makes him an amazing guy in roto leagues to just plug and leave. Yep. 
in head-to-head leagues, he kills you. And yep. just one of those guys you got to know. And um, but yeah, that's, and Roto, that's, you can and Roto, you can kind of balance it out with some safer glue yep. type of guys. But like you said, in head-to-head, then you're just tied into the variance. What what is it about like Gallo or or O'Neill Cruz or or anybody like that? Is it like a the long levered guys? Is it just too easy for the timing to get thrown off? You think or um, do you have any kind of theories as to what? Because I totally agree with you. Those type of players can be uh, more hot and cold than uh, you know David Fletcher, for example. I think more than anything, there's more zones to attack as a pitcher where you okay. know that their their arms are going to have some – I mean, you can tie up a long-armed guy down and in – or uh, middle in. Down and in, they can usually extend their arms a little bit. But if you get a middle in, it's really hard to, you know, suck in your arms and get – without getting basically the tiny little chip of the handle on the ball – and that's pretty much always going to basically be a ground out to the pitcher or to the second baseman. You know, that's yep. never going to really be a, a good hit. Um, so they know that they can do that on big levered guys like that. And there's other, you know, spots they know if they go up high, guys up high, you know, th- that long lever, it's really hard to get that high swing. But you yep. go down low on anyone with those long levers and they – that's just an anchor point, you know, and it's it's a pretty swing to watch us a, a long levered guy reach out and get a low and outside ball and carry it over the fence. It's just it's a pretty pretty swing and it's a pretty thing to watch the ball travel afterwards. I but yeah, I, I think that's just it is they have s- spots that good pitchers and especially you know in the major leagues, good pitchers can really exploit. And but it takes getting to the majors before you usually see that. But that's also why, you know, we talk about guys like uh, James Woods. Yeah. And uh, I mentioned that same, so very same profile. Yeah. You typically have a nothing or you have an Aaron judge. You really don't have a lot of guys that are in between Yeah, because you can either figure it out. Steven Moya or Aaron judge. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, you kind of, you either can crush the ball and you figure out how to make adjustments or you don't, you just strike out so much that you're just not functional. And that's, there's yeah, really I mean, not late, an in-between. Late career, late career Adam Dunn then at that point. Yeah. There you go. Did you know that we sold out and we now have advertisements? Yeah, we've gone mainstream. We're getting $6. That's right. We've made 6 bucks so far. Can you believe it? What a dream come true, $6. Anyways, I wanted to give you some preparation, some time to be cognizant that a commercial is coming your way. I'm not just going to throw a commercial mid-sentence on you. I wouldn't do that. I respect you, and I know that's annoying. So here's a countdown for the upcoming advertisement from Starbucks or Spectrum, Comcast, Apple, who the hell knows. Three, a two, one. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. 
Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Okay, so Brian Krogman has got a question for us here. Hey, guys, solid show. Well, duh. I mean, we knew this. Look at who it is. Uh, <laughs> in September, do the rosters expand to 28? I can't yep. remember the answer to this one. No more of these crowded dugouts. They do, yeah? Yes. Is it 28? It's just okay. 28. and the, But, you know, instead of 40, now we get 28, which right, right, right. means that we don't get the huge cluster of – relievers and have you know god i used to hate september baseball when you'd have you know with before the three batter rule and 40 man rosters you'd have you know every single batter from about the sixth inning on got a new pitcher it was absolutely ridiculous but i think it could be very interesting yeah you know like these guys should get a chance to play you know, the guys that are getting called up should get a chance to play, which should be a very helpful for evaluations. These teams that are wanting to see if, let's say, for instance, Gunnar Henderson can handle it next year, they're going to get a chance to see that. Yeah. So. Let's talk about Gunnar since you brought him up. Um, my question I have for you on Gunnar is, do you think he's going to be a shortstop in the bigs? I really think it depends on their on what they do with shifting. I don't see okay. shifting being drastically changed right now. Um, and with that, yes, he can still play shortstop. The moment you require a shortstop to play 1980s shortstop, I don't think Gunnar Henderson is that is a shortstop anymore. Um, yep when you can shift and you can move around and do some different things, I think he can handle that. I think he's that type of a player and he can handle the shortstop position in that way. Um, but I, I think that he, um, one of the things I've noticed in his time at Norfolk, when they've moved him around quite a bit, the kid is incredibly athletic. Yeah. He's one of the, I watched him play first and was blown away how well he scooped. That's not, I mean, people take that for granted. It is not easy to play first base nope. if you've never done they it you, before. And they give you the weird glove, which you've never used before. <laughs> and it, he just, he made, I think there were two or three scoops that particular game where it was a short hop or it was flat out of the dirt. And it was just, he just handled it like he's been playing first his whole life. And it was just really, really impressive. Um, now, of course, then they go and claim Jesus Aguilar um, because they need some religion in Baltimore, apparently, too. So now they have Jesus. Um, but on top of, you know, they have... On top of, you know, him, I'm guessing Gunner's going to find plenty of time to play. But mm -hmm. where it'll be, first base, second base third short I don't think there's anyone really around that infield that's going to stop him from getting at bats necessarily right yeah. now 
And that's kind of the good thing right now. They'll be able to get an idea too of yeah. if they plug him in at shortstop for a game or two and go, boy, there's work that needs to be done defensively here. Then they can say, okay, gonna work on that how you can this the off season and in the spring. Let's see where we're at. And we can we're gonna bring this particular infield instructor that's gonna really work your butt over in the spring because our goal is we're going to play it short or maybe they see enough to go short isn't the position we're going to try for third with our plans yep. for 2023 with gunner you know but it gives them an idea what to plan for next year chad good take is he, he doesn't see him moving he doesn't see baltimore moving gunner off third base if he thrives at third base which does make some sense if the kid's comfortable there in his MLB debut, yep. at least at least for this September, October, and if the if Baltimore makes the playoffs uh, run, um, they're probably just going to try and keep him comfortable. So I get I get that for sure. Um, and he's here's a he's question. Here's a question infielder. for you. Yeah, yeah, here's a question for you. Who do you think's a more likely rookie of the year next year, Corbin Carroll in the NL or Gunnar Henderson in the AL? You can only pick one. Who would be your one pick as more likely? As far as more likely, I would probably go for uh, Corbin Carroll. Simply I because I think Gunner's going to have probably a better chance of he's going to have some... The Orioles are going to, if they're competing, they're going to do what they can to keep competing. He might start out the year still in AAA. He might, you know, you know they've already shown it. They gave, they brought up DL Hall. They thought, you know, hey, we'll give him a shot. He struggled a little bit. They sent him back down. You know, they're in a spot of competing. And if they're actually legit competing, they're not going to just bring guys up to bring guys up. Adley has thrived. You know, he has done very well at the major league level defensively. Folks may want to argue a little bit about how his offensive performance has been, but behind the plate, Adley has been tremendous. So they're not going to send him back down. Took a minute. Took a minute with the bat for him to get yeah. going as well. So we had a very rough start, which also makes the overall line look bad. But you know, so that's yeah. I, I could see Carroll getting up, and if I think your caveat is the big one, though, provided health. You know, yeah, sure, that's the big yeah. thing. But yeah, that's and and I also think there's probably a lot more options as far as. Uh, to me, there's a lot more options in the NL as far as guys that I can imagine in my brain that are potential. You know, I could just thinking Francisco Alvarez is a guy that's likely not going to get called up, but very likely has a chance to yep. play next year on a pennant contending team and make an impact. Brett Batty. Yeah. Yep. I mean, those are the type of guys that'll get a lot of publicity and that often drives a, a rookie of the year campaign. So, anyway. yeah. And this is, I mean, maybe this is a, I don't know if you would agree with this. I think right now, between the two leagues, the NL is the stronger league. Uh, I think it has been for a couple years. I think the NL has done a better job acquiring talent from the AL, if that makes sense, uh, either free agency or trading. So In the trades, I think the yeah. NL is just stronger, um, and that might mean more competitive races for things like MVP, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young. Uh, okay, so Chad's got a question. What do we make of Texas essentially shutting down Kamar Rocker despite him coming in from pitching at a pro level mere weeks before the draft? Interesting question. 
you know, I guess I, I don't know what to make of that just because I know they have had some really bad experiences with drafting guys and having them come in and not be ready and blow out in the Texas organization. Um, they've had some bad experiences of having guys <clears throat> come in and not pitch much and then pop the next year, you know, mm. as far as, you know, pop their elbow. So I, I don't honestly know, <laughs> you know, I, I can tell you the one thing to, to consider the guy who is in charge of their organization right now is a huge student of pitching. Chris Young is about as big a student of pitching as you'll find it at the high levels in this game. And I'm not saying he's flawless in his evaluation. I'm not saying that he couldn't make a mistake, but if he thinks the best idea was for Rocker to potentially not throw another inning, and we haven't seen what the AFL rosters look like. For all we know, Kumar Rocker is going to be one of their representatives in the Arizona Fall League. Um, But for right now, I would trust that Chris Young has the best intentions in mind with Kumar Rocker. Um, you know, that that's, there's a reasoning behind that. We haven't heard it yet, but I, I would, I'd be very interested to see, obviously Texas has had quite a bit going on in their organization lately. So that hasn't been the thing that's popped up, but. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It'd be great to see him in the AFL. So hopefully he's just, resting up for that they're saving some bullets so um okay so we are at the half an hour mark which govier gave us strict instructions that we could only go for half an hour so that means ben and i are going to go for 10 or 15 more minutes here and keep talking baseball with you guys uh so one thing we wanted to one thing we wanted to talk about a question that came up in the discord is whether we saw in tampa bay any pitching prospects that were interesting to us uh, and Ben and I were kind of spitballing this one before the show a little bit. So, Ben, from looking over the depth chart, you see anybody um, in particular in Tampa's org prospect-wise, pitching prospect-wise, that interests you? Well, the big one, and I mean, on a national level, the big one is Todd Bradley. Uh, he's a Georgia kid. Kind of surprised a lot of folks when he came out of the draft and just started firing bullets. Um, they weren't, he wasn't really expected to be as good as he was right out. They thought he was, everyone thought he was going to be more of a developmental type of guy. And he came out just firing BBs right away. And, uh, he's (laughs) really never slowed down, but you know, the rays being who the rays are, they've kind of taken him year by year, level by level. And now he's doing his thing at the triple a level. And, I don't know. I've really liked him all the way along. I think he's one of those guys. He's got a good head on his shoulders. You listen to his interviews after his starts and he's got a good, good approach to his starts. He thinks through what he's going to do. And then he can tell you what worked and what didn't when he gets done with the start. I love that about a pitcher. When a pitcher can tell me at the end, this worked, this didn't, that, that tells me that the guy's self-aware and that he's, working towards something and he's he's got the absolute you know the talent 
that he could be a good fit. But I don't know whether they're going to want to bring him up. Um, you know, they're they're certainly competing. I mean, you can't – they've closed the gap to, I think it's six or seven games with the Yankees, which is ridiculous. Um, but that's that, to me, is kind of their big prospect gun that they hasn't yet been up. Yep. Um, yep. I, you know, we were talking, like we were talking, he's still young. Bradley's only 21. So that might be mm-hmm. a reason for them to not, like you said, not push him too much further this year. He's made, you know, I was looking, he's made 23 starts already this year between double A AA and triple A. He's thrown over 100 innings now. So it might be one of those things where Tampa just slows it down with him. And he's a guy that we need to watch for next year. But, uh, like I'm with Ben, he's probably the most exciting prospect that we watch now in the Tampa system, even if he doesn't come up at the tail end of the season this year. But I think Chad mentioned, and he mentioned this in the Discord too, that Patino's the other guy, and he's yeah. had he's had really good results in the minors, not so much in the majors. He's kind of had a mix and match experience in the majors this year. Hey, Anthony's late. Um, <laughs> he's 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 off. He's, he's no more. We got rid of him. Yeah, and then he's I so had late. a he's so had a cool uh... left. He's like, you know what? Gosh darn it, Anthony! I'm so sick he's of you. Like, God damn it, Anthony's not here. <laughs> but I think Patino hasn't really. He didn't really. He had a terrible control game the one game that he struggled early. Mm-hmm. Um, then he had a pretty decent start that just didn't, you know, things didn't bounce for him. I'd like to see him get another shot. That would be, yeah, he would be the guy that I could see he them should. bringing up. Yeah. That would, that would be the, the guy. And that one would make sense, especially as they've, they've, I think they just yeah. keep having guys, you know, fall away. But the th- and the thing with Patino is he just might be best in a Tampa hybrid type of role, where he's and a bolt guy, yeah. pitches two three innings. I've always just he's very talented, athletic, good stuff. Um, he can get out of sync, and it's always been an issue with him. And sometimes guys with a more athletic delivery have this problem. Um, and sometimes it just works better in shorter stints as opposed to someone like Taj Bradley, who maybe is going to work better in a longer mm-hmm. stint because of his approach, if nothing else, and his delivery. So, um, well, and, But yeah, I, so. I agree with Chad there. His, it's an electric arm, so if you're chasing, um, I think you do need to get him up and use him and use those bullets. And he's young, 22, so get him up, get him firing. Um, and somebody also brought up, uh, Jamie brought up, that McClanahan went on the IL, which I so. guess I missed. Um, yeah, so that sucks. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, that's just it. Is they've got so much. Of course, I think, like every team this week lost a pitcher to the IL. I think that was a requirement in the baseball this week. Is that <laughs> at least every every team had to donate one pitcher to the IL. Um, so, um, yeah, and if you were if if that team was the White Sox, uh, they actually just donated one just because. So. 
I mean, they had a hurt pitcher, and they said, "Let's just see if he goes to the IL. Let's throw him out there on the mound and see what happens, guys." I think the Yankees kind of wish they might have, they could have donated uh, Jamison Tyon before last night's start, but you know that wasn't you know that what they did. <laughs> um, but here's so uh, Ben, I did uh, so Sam Dykstra's tweet I mentioned earlier. He's got some other names. Maybe we can just do. You want to do just some quick hits on these? Yeah, guys who've been just... called up since August first. These are top 100 prospects who've been called to the majors since August 1st for the first time. Again, I'm pulling this from the tweet from Sam Dykstra from MLB Pipeline. Uh, We talked about Gunnar Henderson. We talked about Corbin Carroll. Uh, Brett Batty is next, 19th overall overall ranked prospect per pipeline. What's your expectations for Brett? He is – I don't think he's a third baseman defensively. Um, I don't either. Yeah. And he's got to figure out – that the ball needs to go in the air for him to have success. He's he's got <laughs> yeah, he a really doesn't... bad habit of pounding the ball into the ground. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And and he hits it into the ground with tremendous force. But that's just and it's problems. always been a thing for him. Yeah. And and yeah, and he boy, you know, his debut was really fun to watch, and it actually got me excited, even though it came against my Braves. Um, it was <laughs> because he lifted the ball. Every time he hit the ball, it was in the air, and I went, ooh, that could be fun. And then he just continued to do Brett Batty things, which is, you know, hit the ball on the ground and on the ground and on the ground, and he's kind of been doing that now in the majors ever since. So Baltimore um, chops. Yeah. If if he can get the ball in the air. Does it give you any Austin Riley vibes? When he puts the ball in the air, absolutely. That's just it. Like (laughs) – I yeah, mean, right. in all seriousness, that's yeah. the type that's that's the type of player you're looking at if he can get the ball in the air consistently. Yeah. Um, that's the type of you know where he can be. So let's let's talk about one of your uh, an erstwhile Atlanta Braves prospect, Shea Langoliers, now in Oakland, right? Yep. He's been called up. I love him. I think all defensively he's gonna be really good and he oh, can yeah. hit. Um, I don't know that he's going to be a guy that necessarily carries an offense. He's maybe more of a five or guy you'd hit in the fifth or sixth hole, something like that. But man, he's going to be a steady player for a long time. It's my personal opinion. What do you think? What's your expectations for Shea? Um, I I keep I've been telling folks this since when I've been covering the Braves that if he they drafted him, yeah. When if he wouldn't have injured his hamate. He would have been the number two pick behind Adley that year. A lot yep. of folks thought that he was the one B to Adley's one A because he was the elite defense with big time power, but didn't have the batting average. Whereas Adley had everything you could want offensively and needed some polish defensively. And he's, I mean, he's really catcher defensive porn. Um, he really kind of is <laughs> just watching him behind the plate. Now he's not the best. It's a new category. Oh man! At least okay. I'll I'll put I'll put a little bit of a caveat. When anyone tries to run on him, that is catcher defensive porn because the way he can control a running game is just fun to watch. But Ben has. Is, if you're watching on the on the YouTube, Ben has some moving boxes in the back there. That's where yeah. he stashes his. Catch your defensive porn mags from the 80s. Yeah, like, there we go. <laughs> like a Benito, like a Benito Santiago uh centerfold in one. Yeah. 
Yeah, er, early Yvonne Rodriguez, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God, he's the best. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, uh, but it, he's, I don't know that he's ever going to hit you 290, even. But a yeah. 250 guy with 25 homers. He's on base. Yeah. And, and yeah, and he, and he should get on base at a decent level. He'll probably strike out a pretty decent level, too. But I mean, Say he's a 250 to 270 hitter in that range most of the time, but he gives you 20, 25 home runs. I mean, that's a pretty solid catcher. I, I mean, it's a great one, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we've come out of an era, we're coming out of an era where that would have been the number one guy for a long time or for a, a recent time here at the catcher position because our catcher position was so bad. And yep. we're maybe getting a little bit spoiled that. We have so many catching prospects coming that that's really not elite yes. projection, but really that's kind of, he's kind of a high floor guy. That's the thing yeah. that yep. folks need to realize. So centerfold. I love it. That's a great one. All right. Uh, how about Miguel Vargas for the Dodgers? I see he's, I think he's back up. Has been called up already and then down and then back up. Yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of been. See him, do you see him doing anything for us this season in Dynasty Leagues? Like if we're in the playoffs or anything like that? Or is he more of a wait for next year? They, I haven't seen that they've officially called him back up again now yet. Maybe I got that wrong. But he has been up and down and up and down lately. Yeah. Um, so. I mean that's kind of been his deal. I I do think he's you know with he he and Michael Bush are kind of the two that folks are kind of clamoring for to get some reps. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, Michael Bush, yep. Um and they kind of play similar positions. I think Bush is maybe a little better at second. Uh and he is officially up. Okay. And Vargas is he's back up. Vargas is a legit solid third baseman defensively. Yes, I, I would play him at third and be very, very happy with that. Um, yep. And I, th I think the Dodgers, the thing with them is the Dodgers don't usually stick anybody anywhere and just leave them. That's just that's just not what they do. <laughs> um, but his bat, he's a much better all around bat than Bush. Uh, you know, the, Bush has got power, but I, yep. I, I mean Vargas give you some power he's got the average he definitely can get on base and i mean he's not going to run a lot but he's athletic i mean he's not going to give you steals but he's athletic so that's a solid all-around player you know so there, there's some good things to to like makes, about cont Vargas. makes contact when uh you're trying to win baseball games especially in the fall guys that make contact are a little more valuable than the guys that swing for the fences that's, I think personal take, but yep, and that's tight games, that type of thing. So, which makes sense why he would get called up now because shows out fairly well in September. He's now eligible for the postseason roster. You get him up on oh, yeah. August thirty first. He's eligible for the postseason roster. So it makes some sense. Get you some flexibility. Yep. You know, and of course he's been up already. So I, I guess that doesn't even matter. He's been up already this year, but still, regardless, he's now he's going to be that type of guy that can get you, you know, get into the postseason. And I could see him being the type of guy that gets maybe just 10, 12 at bats in the postseason, but they're really important. 
and he does something yeah. really big for the Dodgers over the course of the postseason that we're like, wow, well. Miguel and then, yeah. goes off and then the everybody's board. drafting him next. Off yeah, season. I was just to say, then he goes <laughs> off the board really early next year, and he doesn't have a for sure position. So, but I like him a lot. It's just a matter of where where are they going to have for him to play, and that you right. just don't know because it's the Dodgers. Evergreen. It's evergreen with the Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last, so last guy, and then we'll get out of here before Govier starts yelling at us. Uh, and this is just a quick question for you. D.L. Hall, uh, back up on the taxi squad, I think, for Baltimore now. When, we, when we're when looking back three years from now, D.L. Hall is a starter or reliever? Starter. But my question is, if you were to press me on, is he a frontline starter or is he a mid-rotation starter? I just don't know. Yeah. That, that fastball curve from the left side is going to play as a starter. I just don't know if it's going to play for a five and dive mid rotation sort of guy, because from the left side that plays as a starter, as a five and dive sort of starter. But I just don't know if, if he can take that next step with his control, he just needs those two pitches from the left side at the level that they're at with control to be a guy who gets you a consistent six with Big time performance to be that, I mean, a number two sort of guy. That's a legit number two sort of starter. Robbie Ray. Yeah. Robbie Ray style. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good Robbie Ray. Yeah. Good, <laughs> I mean, right. So good. <laughs> Robbie Ray's good year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not Robbie Ray in good year, Arizona. So, yeah. Uh, okay, guys, we're going to cut it there. 46 minutes. Uh, we'll be in trouble with the boss after this one. But uh, Ben and I had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm sure next week Govier will be back uh, and we'll be a lot more on the rails. So, uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you got questions, as always, join us in the Discord. That was where a lot of the material came from between the Discord and the chat here. We pretty much answered questions the whole time, which is awesome. So, um, it's my favorite way to do it. I know Ben loves if you can, and if you can stump Ben, you get a shiny, shiny nickel. Too. <laughs> there we go. It's hard to bring up a guy he doesn't know. But he will tell you if he doesn't know. So anyway, I'm going. I'm rambling. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, we're signing off. Take care for myself and Ben. Uh, we'll see you next week, next Wednesday. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power of prospects. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.